Welcome to Courage Pod. My name is Lauren Ray, the Courage Coach. I am an entrepreneur, certified mindset coach, and expert in building unshakable courage. Each week, I'll be bringing you inspiring episodes, helping you to discover how to unlock your limitless potential and to break through to new levels of success in life, love, wealth, and business. In my world, we don't settle, we courage. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Courage Pod. I am honestly so excited that you found your way here and decided to press play today. This podcast has been on my mind and on my heart for a long, long time, and I am just thrilled that it's finally out in the world and I have found yet another medium to talk about courage all the live long day. I'm going to dive right in and kick things off with a bang with the topic, what is courage and how do you get it? I'm going to be covering what courage is and what it isn't why it's so important to develop it and to understand it on a deeper level beyond the hashtag, you know, hashtag feel the fear and do it anyway, because it's so much more than that. I'm going to be giving you the practical tools and tips and so you can actively start building courage from today. Okay, so what is courage? So I'm going to start by diving into this with a quote from a woman called Mary Daly. And I originally came across this quote from one of the Brene Brown books, but I can't remember which one off the top of my head now probably should have written it down. Doesn't matter. (laughs) One of them. Probably daring greatly because that's the one I read about 10, maybe 12 years ago. And the quote says, like you learn to swim by swimming, you learn courage by couraging. Couraging has become my own personal mantra and I am now inviting you to make it yours. It's ultimately understanding that building courage is something that we consciously do. We consciously actively choose to build courage. And luckily, if you're looking for courage, you're in the right place. I am a huge advocate for really making sure that we're building courage in the moments of our lives where we can, like to be developing the skills actively as we go and building those courage muscles and having like a, like a bank storage for emergency, you know, sort of stored up for emergency, a rainy day fund, if you will, because honestly, it's the moments that we can't prepare for that we need courage the most. And also at the end of every single episode, you'll hear me say, keep couraging because that is what we do here. Courage is ultimately showing up. It's saying the thing, it's doing the thing, it's taking action, it's taking a stand when you can't control the outcome. It's confronting risk and uncertainty and it's putting yourself into the firing line for failure, for judgment, for rejection. Now I love when I learned this, courage comes from the Latin word core, which originally meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. And so courage is not simply about, you know, risk and putting ourselves on the line. It is about putting our vulnerability on the line and it is about being true to who we are and what we want and not allowing fear to keep us from living our truth. So courage is not being without fear entirely. Like we cannot expect ourselves. We are human beings. It is a completely natural emotion. Courage is not being fearless without fear. It is having the fear, navigating the fear and then moving forward and taking action anyway despite the risk, despite the uncertainty. And at the crux of it, it's understanding that we're human beings and we're never going to be without fear unless you're a sociopath or maybe a (laughs) two-year-old. I don't know. Maybe they're the same for some people. To really capture the crux of why courage is so important, I am going to refer to Bronnie Ware's book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. This is a bit of a morbid, depressing moment, but it's uplifting and empowering. So just bear with me. (laughs) Just five minutes into the episode, let's talk about death. Bronnie Ware spent most of her life as a carer to the dying. Over the years that she assisted people during the final years, the final weeks, final days of their lives, Bronnie listened to people time and time again expressing the same regrets over and over and over. 
and she was very struck by the fact that there was a common theme amongst all of them and I love the fact that she chose to write it all down and put it in a blog and the blog went like viral like so quickly and millions and billions of people were reading it and it then became a book. In her book and her original blog she shares that the top five regrets of the dying are one I wish I'd had the courage to live a life more true to myself and not the life others expected of me. Two, I wish I hadn't worked so much. Three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Four, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And five, I wish that I had let myself be happier. The top one, number one, is key to all of this. I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. As the courage coach, I hear that time and time again. People coming to me to want to do something quite out of the ordinary, start the business, leave the job, move abroad, make a very different life decision than what their family might expect. And it's building the courage for them to really go for it and do what we consider out of the ordinary. For me, living a life of courage is really getting to know who you are and what you actually want in life and then actively going for it and creating the beautiful life that you want to the best of your abilities. It's following the path you feel called to and it's allowing yourself to experience the depth of life, allowing yourself to love, to feel, to fail, to succeed, to learn, to change, to pivot, to be seen and really just living the life in alignment. And am I really a coach if I don't say the word alignment at least once? Probably not. (laughs) It's being exactly who you are and doing the things that light you up. We all know what it feels like to want something more or something different from our lives. And if you have never felt that, I would love to meet you. I would love to chat to you because every single person I've ever met or spoken to, there is some inkling, there is some inner desire of, I would love maybe better health, better relationships or more relationships or different relationships, a better job, um, different career path and more recognition, more money or something. On the flip side of that, we also all know what it's like to want something more or different and then not go for it. The fear, the doubt, the imposter syndrome, the I'm not smart enough, it's too hard, it's too possible, all those thoughts creep in and everybody has them, everybody experiences them to different degrees and a lot of people end up settling and playing it safe and doing what is what I consider the path of least resistance and then sometimes we try, you know, sometimes we try and make the leap and we try and change our lives and, you know, get to the beginning of the year and we set our resolutions and we go, right, this year things are going to be different. But honestly, because we haven't been taught how to actually set goals properly. We haven't been taught growing up through the school system and certainly not the school system I grew up in in the UK. We weren't taught how to really dream and set goals. We were taught to memorize these facts, regurgitate them as best as you can, and then go and be an employee somewhere. We weren't taught how to think outside the box and dream and how to master our mindsets and understand how our mindsets actually work so that we can really set ourselves up for success moving into the world. And we weren't taught how to build courage actively so that we can achieve our goals with more ease. And if we were taught all this, things may be incredibly different, but that's a rant for another day. (laughs) Honestly, if we knew the things that I know now and we knew these things from a much younger age, our lives would have had so much less resistance and I think more people would have achieved more of the things that they want in their life. But luckily, I'm sharing this with you now on the podcast. But ultimately, we all know what it's like to either not go for it or go for it and it fail. All of us know what it's like to not be courageous. And we also all know what it is like to be courageous. We've all had moments of courage. 
Most of the time when you Google the word courage, you get pictures of people leaping off buildings and climbing heroically to the top of a mountain or people shoving their heads into lines. <laughs> okay, maybe not the last one, but you get the you get the vibe I'm talking about. It's all very physical and very dramatic and heroic, which of course there is some truth in that. Courage obviously does have heroic energy. But I actually did a poll on my Instagram yesterday and everybody said no to this. Did you know that there are six different types of courage? There is physical courage, moral, social, emotional, intellectual and spiritual courage. It's not just the physical heroic running into battle. Physical courage is the one that most people think of and it's clearly what mostly comes up in Google. But honestly, in my experience, courage isn't always big or loud or outward facing. It's not always the big leaps into the unknown and shoving your head in a line. Okay, I'm going to stop using that example. Kids, don't do that. Courage, the way that most of us come to experience it, is often really quiet. It's, it's quiet and it's inward. Courage is that quiet but incredibly powerful voice inside of you that holds you steady when things are rocky. It's what keeps you anchored. It's, you know, when the ground beneath you feels incredibly shaky, it's courage that buries your roots even deeper into yourself whilst at the same time allowing you to break so that you can grow back stronger. Courage is what keeps us breathing when the wind get knocked out of us. Courage is what holds you steadfast and moving forward when somebody else is crashing the waters around you. Courage is what keeps other people's actions and their thoughts and their opinions of you from knocking you down or dismantling your self-worth or confidence. Courage is choosing joy and fun and beauty and connection and light amongst the shadows and sadness that we all experience. And so for me as the courage coach is, yes, it's helping people take the leap. It's helping people start their businesses, empowering them. It's helping them to quit their jobs and move abroad and release their music and do all the big outward facing things that have been on their hearts for a long, long time. But it's in the micro moments that most people don't see that is where the biggest impact is. Courage is needed to start the business. It's the first time you tell somebody about it and you don't know what they're going to think and you just feel like you're changing everything about who you are. It's when you share your new business offer for the first time and nobody asks to buy it immediately and then persevering and moving forward. It's all when you decide to invest in yourself and your business for the first time and you're scared because what if it doesn't work and that feels like a big risk. It's needed when you have your first ever sales call and when you sign your first ever client in your new business, like courage is needed at all these moments or when you hear your first no. It's when someone you know makes an underhanded, nasty comment about you putting yourself out there online when you're really trying to like put yourself out there. It's you persevering. But it's in the day-to-day moments of holding steady and knowing who you are and moving forward despite everything around you that for me, that is what living life courageously actually looks like. Okay, so now we know what courage is and it isn't. I wanna talk about how to actually build it. So when I decided to become a coach, it was because I was so curious, borderline nosy and obsessed, to understand why as humans, we all get in our way so much. And this ultimately stemmed from the fact that I realized how much I was getting in my own way. I had woken up in my mid twenties and I had that classic quarter life crisis moment of what am I doing with my life? And ultimately what I was doing is not what I wanted to be doing. But I will share more about my own story in other episodes. But it came from the fact that I had got in my own way so much. And then once I noticed it in myself, I noticed it in other people so much more. And so I became obsessed with this. And I'd already been mentoring and consulting other artists and creators for a while. And I'd been giving them tips and advice on the music industry. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, my background is music industry. But so many of them 
wouldn't do anything with the information I gave them. Like I would say, hey, these are the steps that I took to get these tour opportunities. Hey, these are the steps that I took to get paid for my music. Hey, these are the steps that I took to get my music on Love Island and, and TV shows and radio. You know, you're more than capable of doing that yourself because I did it. So if I can do it, you can do it. But I was always so confused. It's like I gave them the information and a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them didn't do anything with it. And I also knew that this wasn't the first time I'd heard this information either because we, we were all at the same, you know, industry events and we all have access to the same information. And I was confused and curious as to understand why some people did something with the information and why some people were courageous and put themselves out there and gave it a go and kept going when things didn't work out first time. And then why some people seem to find this so much harder because everybody feels imposter syndrome. Everybody has negative Nancy thoughts. Everyone feels fears and everyone has worries. I mean, no one is exempt from feeling fear. So I was genuinely curious. I was like, okay, what is it about some people that they can choose courage in the face of fear and uncertainty and hearing no after no after no? I mean, that's basically what the music industry is for most people. It's just 75% of the time it's a no, but they can still hashtag feel the fear and do it anyway. And then why was it so much harder for others? And so after much research and a lot of observing and working with people, um, I have a degree in anthropology. So I put my anthropological hat on and I was like observing everybody. (laughs) From, from a weird distance. I was like, ooh, what's going on here? I wanted to know because I wanted to know, could I teach this to people? And selfishly, could I teach myself and could I become even more courageous and could I get out of my own way much, much faster? And the answer is yes. Here I am, <laughs> many years later. I was able to break it down and identify a number of different things that I noticed to be consistently true with the people who were able to choose courage and go for their dreams. And so I'm going to share them with you now. I'm not going to go into super detail with all of them, as I will be going into more detail with some of them in later podcasts. But just to give you an understanding that it's not just as simple as just do it. I, we're, not a, we're not a Nike slogan. We are very complex human beings with conditioning and programming and is ultimately why I then ended up training in a lot of subconscious mindset work because I recognized that so much of what's going on is so far beneath the surface that we are not consciously aware of why we're not doing these things. Okay, so let's dive in. One of the things I noticed to be true is that the people who are more courageous in life had a stronger connection to who they are and what they value in life. Potentially they'd done the work to figure that out. You know, I thought I knew who I was and what I valued. And yet it wasn't really until I began my work as a coach that I, and I suddenly had all of these tools and these practices. And I'm very much practice what you preach. I'm not going to tell or suggest something to a client to do something if I haven't bothered to do it myself. Like if you'd asked me in my early 20s, what what are my values? I probably would have said, I don't know, um, you know, freedom, uh, happiness and health and fitness or something. But was I doing things that were in alignment with that? No. Was I working out and looking after my health and fitness every day? No, I wasn't. So really knowing who you are and what you value is really, really important. But more importantly to that is recognizing how am I actually living? Like if someone was to watch my life right now, and they were to guess what my values were, what would they say? Because I'm willing to bet for most of us, if someone was to like, you know, if an alien was to come down and look at our lives and go, what is this person's values? I'm willing to bet for most of us, they would say something different to what we think we value. Because how are we spending our time and what are the actions we're taking versus what we would like to be doing? And so an extension of that is deep self-awareness and having a really strong sense of self. And I don't mean that you just decide who you are and you never change. Like I am not the same person I was even a year ago. 
two years ago, five years ago, constantly evolving and growing and learning new things about myself and adjusting and reprogramming my subconscious mind and getting rid of things that don't serve me anymore. So I'm not the same person I was a year ago. It's about knowing who you are at your core though, in your heart and your soul and whatever you want to, whatever words you want to use. So whatever jobs you do and who you're dating or what hobbies you do or anything like that, you are at your core, you. And the self-awareness piece is really about the micro moments. It's having that radical like self-awareness to know what are the things that I'm thinking, saying or not saying? What am I doing and not doing and why? What are my emotions? What are my triggers? What are my behaviors and habits? Like how can I know myself in such a way to a whole other level that I can't not know who I am? And I can't not recognize where I'm getting in my own way. This is the thing about radical self-awareness is that once you see yourself truly, you can't not pretend you don't know that you're getting in your own way. You can't pretend not to know where you are self-sabotaging. And that can be difficult for people and confronting initially, but it's so empowering (laughs) to just really see yourself on a whole other level. Okay, so values, self-awareness. And then in addition to that, it's really actively developing the self-confident, the self-trust, the self-efficacy. I mean, it makes total logical sense when you think about it. If you have more self-confidence and you have more self-trust and you have more self-efficacy, which is a belief in your abilities, and you have more self-awareness and you have a strong sense of who you are, you know what you value, what you're here for, not here for, you're going to be more likely to be able to choose courage in face of uncertainty and fear. Because at the end of the day, when you know you've got your own back and you know that you can figure stuff out and you'll always be okay, you're solid. And it's this kind of like inner anchor that I'm often talking about. And you'll probably hear me mention it time and time again. Can you become so anchored in who you are and what you're here to do that no matter what else is going on around you, you're good, you're solid. And yes, of course, you'll have an emotional day. Yes, you'll get hurt. Yes, you'll feel pain. But at the core of it, you know you'll be okay. And that is so powerful and gives you so much more leverage in the moments of fear and uncertainty. Other factors is your capacity for emotional vulnerability and discomfort. Now, these things are probably the most scary things for British people. (laughs) Vulnerability and discomfort. All of these things, though, can be built. So developing your capacity for emotional vulnerability doesn't mean you have to then go out into the street and tell a stranger your entire life story unsolicited. Building emotional vulnerability and finding ways to develop your capacity for discomfort is such an important key. Because when you're doing things out of your comfort zone, when you're going and starting the business, you're leaving your job, you're starting the relationship, whatever it is, whatever it is that you want to create in your life, there is going to be things that are uncomfortable. How can it not be? But if you don't have any capacity for discomfort, then then the moment you're even a little bit uncomfortable, you're going to bail. You're going to give up. You're going to be like, oh, this is not worth it. And that's obviously going to impact your ability to create the life that you really, really want. Because the life that you really want that is currently not what you have, you're going to have to get uncomfortable. In order to do that, you're going to have to do things you've not done before. You're going to have to say things, learn things, try things, speak to people, whatever it is. So I'm going to give you one example of how you can actively do this in a way that is less scary. So for example, if you want to start a business or start singing in public, I don't know, just random examples that currently right now feel very scary and very big to you, you can actually build your capacity for discomfort in really smaller, completely safe ways. If you've never gone for lunch on your own and without your phone the entire time, but you just sit and have lunch 
and just be with your thoughts and be like enjoying your lunch. Most people have never done that. Going to lunch and just sitting and having lunch when everybody else is with their friends and whatever can be quite uncomfortable. You're not at risk doing it. And so you can practice feeling those feelings of discomfort or maybe going to the cinema or starting the dance class or whatever it is, you know, go and do something that is safe for you to do, that it's something small, but it is out of your comfort zone. And just allow yourself to feel that discomfort and know this isn't going to hurt you. At the end of the day, if you're picking something that you fully know that you are safe to do, then you can sit with that discomfort knowing that's all it is, it's discomfort. And then cultivating hope and resilience. Hope is not an emotion. It is something that we actively cultivate and it is done by setting goals and actively feeling that we're moving towards something. So we want to always make sure that we are creating something. We have something to look forward to. We're we're striving for something. And that's not always, that's not just about always like hustling, hustling, hustling. It's like, what are you working towards? What are you building towards? What are you creating? But not only that, are you setting those goals and then you're making them achievable. There's nothing worse and more annoying than setting a massive goal, like a huge goal, and then just looking at it and having no idea how you're going to achieve it. And it's just so overwhelming. And you're trying to eat the elephant all at what go. You know, it's that horrible phrase and I'm not advocating eating elephants, but it's, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So are you setting goals? Are you striving for something? Are you evolving and growing and learning new things? And are you doing so in a way that is not overwhelming? Are you breaking it down? Are you making it actionable and setting yourself up for success ultimately? Okay, another one is a growth mindset. So there is a big difference between people with what is called a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And I learned this from the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. It's really about understanding the difference between what those two things are. So a fixed mindset is somebody who believes that people cannot change, that people cannot grow, that people's intelligence and capacities and skill sets are fixed in stone and that we can't really develop ourselves. Whereas a growth mindset is on the flip side of that. And it means that those people who with a growth mindset genuinely believe that we are able to develop and change our behaviors. We, if we don't know something now, we can develop it. We can improve our skill sets, we can learn new things, we can get better at something, that we can even develop our intelligence and our emotional awareness and all those things. It's having that general foundational belief that people fundamentally can learn skills, can get better at things, things can be learned and that we can evolve and get better. You know, I didn't know how to run a successful online coaching business. I didn't know how to launch and record a podcast until I did. But because I have adopted a growth mindset and I've also developed my self-confidence and my self-efficacy and self-trust, I believed I could figure it out. And so I did. And I persevered even when I was like, what is this button? Where is, where is the record button? How do I do this? How do I do all these little techie things? Because I had that self-belief that I could figure it out. And I believe that I have the capacity and I believe that all human beings have the capacity to figure things out that allowed me to do so. Okay. Gratitude. Actively practicing gratitude for the things that you have and who you are now sets you up powerfully to change and create new things. There's an amazing, amazing quote. Um, it's by psychologist Carl Rogers, which is, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. I love this because people, of course, can find it really empowering to just be so sick of their own, <laughs> so, so sick of themselves, so sick of their environment, so sick of their life that they then change. 
But there's, and there's nothing wrong with that being a motivation, but ultimately a much healthier and more powerful way of making change continuously is going, okay, I want something different. I don't want the things that are happening right now. I, but I'm also going to love and accept myself exactly who I am. And then I'm ready to change because it's so much easier to move forward and make powerful change when I'm not so busy shaming myself or beating myself up. Can you love and accept who you are right now and then change from that energy? Okay, the last one is people who take action. These people are continually building courage and continually becoming even more courageous. Now we could sit here all day, which is what I'm going to do because that's my podcast, but we're going to talk about courage and we can talk about mastering our mindsets and we can talk about these conceptually. And I can give you, I can talk about the tools and I can talk about inspiring stories and I can, we can say all these things all the live long day. But if we're not taking action, then what are we doing? Courage is a doing word. Courage is something that you build and cultivate by doing. That quote from the beginning, like you learn to swim by swimming, you learn courage by couraging. So if we're not couraging, we're not becoming more courageous. And so you now know that you learn courage by couraging. You now know that really becoming incredibly self-aware and knowing who you are, you know that actively cultivating confidence and self-trust and all those things, all those things I've talked about allow you to become more courageous. And then taking action is so important to then bring what the things that you want in life into fruition. And so I would love for you to just set one goal, maybe something to do in the next seven days. Do one thing. Maybe it's going to the cinema and going for lunch. Or maybe it's, you know, if you want to start a business and you may be wanting to put yourself online, just do one video, one post or choose the name of a business, one step. But allowing yourself and gifting yourself the opportunity to build a little bit of courage this week. So what is the one thing you're going to do this week? So what is the one thing you're going to do this week? And I'm saying that as if I can hear your response, but in my mind, you're responding. So I've covered a lot of things today in this episode. I really wanted the first episode to be a foundational understanding of what courage is, isn't, and how to cultivate it. And in the episodes to come, I'm going to be diving into so many different topics that will all support you building your courageous life. But if you have any questions about what I've talked about today, about building courage, about what it is, what it isn't, slide into my DMs. They're always open on Instagram at I am Lauren Ray. Or if you don't have Instagram, you can just send me an email, lauren at couragecore.com. Thank you for listening to Courage Pod with me, Lauren Ray, the Courage Coach. If you love what you heard today, share this with a friend and leave us a review. If you like free gifts, send me a screenshot of your review over on Instagram at I am Lauren Ray, and I will send you a free training called Create the Life You Actually Want to Say Thank You. Until next week, as always, keep couraging.